Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Bill. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. The phone lines are open. 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line if you want to hit us up that way uh, as well. You can. I would love to hear from folks who were there in the building uh, and give me your thoughts uh, on both the game and the environment and the recognition of the 2013 team. You know, you only get to do the 10-year anniversary thing once and i think for all of the available options there they did pretty damn good uh with all this so i would love uh, to hear from folks i said uh in tremendous radio tease fashion I'm, i want to play something for you that sucks and i didn't um, even I, when we come I, back. I didn't even ask spencer what it was i wanted to be surprised i don't by even know it. what it is to be honest with you oh well, are you not playing it spencer well i just uh, i had <laughs> i had a avery pull oh. this uh, of jeff capel the ACC still does the coaches teleconference uh, and the ACC coaches teleconference talking about something we've we've heard them talk about before on the uh, uh, over the years on this show and others about coaches and what they think about the ACC network and just sort of the perception of of the league overall. Spencer, do you have that handy there? I do. All right, let's let's listen to this. This is from today. When we were at Virginia Tech the night before, I'm watching our own network, and the, one of the first questions that comes up is, is it perception or reality that the ACC is down? And I never see that on the Big Ten network. Yeah. You know, I watch the Big Ten network a lot because my one of my best friends is coaches in that league, and so I'm watching them. And, man, they are always, always pumping the Big Ten, always. And I, I think it's a really good league. But I think our ours is too, and I wish the people that represent us would would you know would have the respect and pump our league and be positive instead of looking at negative things. All right, I gotta tell you, I hate that soundbite so much. Tell tell me why you hate that soundbite so much, Mark. I don't like the idea that it's the ACC Network's job to lobby people to believe something other than what they already think necessarily. I think it's the ACC Network's job to be a good uh, promotional piece. Like, I'm not an idiot. Like, obviously, the, the, you, you found that thing to have some sort of public relations uh, perception benefit from it. Like, I'm not dumb. But I despise the idea. And it, it is pervasive in college sports in particular. And I speak for firsthand knowledge when I say this. Trust me that you can avoid your way around things that aren't pleasant, that it's the job of the ACC network to make it sound like it isn't the case, that it's been kind of a rough couple of years in the, in, in the regular season for the ACC. You're not having a great year. Duke and Carolina are not good like they normally are. Virginia's been nice. Uh, but like You don't have a bunch of teams that you look at and, and you would necessarily pick to go to the Final Four. And what's wrong with asking just asking asking that question which is what he's describing an acc network segment in which they answered the question not tried to argue necessarily for one side or the other about whether the the league's having a bad year i just don't think it's the network's job to only pump up 
positive stuff all the time, no matter what. And I'm, I really hate when I hear coaches say that. It's Luke Hancock's fault. Let's just be honest with it. It's all Luke's fault. I was going to say Muffin's fault, but that's fine. It is Muffin. Everything's Muffin's fault. Uh, I mean, I mean I, if you ask me to start blaming people at the network, I'm going to start with Muffin. So I, I, absolutely, I start with Muffin on everything. Just blaming negative. Blaming yeah, blaming. Her I'm, for pretty I'm much fine with that. Yeah, if I if I hit a pothole and my tire goes flat, because Muffin didn't. Call somebody an alert? Unle- an until proven Chevy otherwise. I'm fine with you saying the word Muffet. Is what? that now an expletive? You see, like, oh, I hit a pot of, oh, oh, what if Muffet. we did that? Where if we just beeped out McGraw every time? Every like, how time funny Muffet. would that be? <laughs> Texture says, I'm not dumb, says stupid ass it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only Look. person who gets to call me dumb is me. <laughs> I don't know. Listeners a lot too, right? It's, it's yeah. good show culture. I think that that's really them just agreeing with me, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, like, give, like your your reaction to that, Dave. Like, I, so, I really, I uh, here's the thing, Mark. I personally don't need that. I don't need like the ACC network to be hype man. I'd rather people have legitimate conversations and talk about league struggles and why this or that but i think cable looks to his left and sees the big 10 network looks to his right and sees the sec network and they are i mean it's they are more jingoistic than (laughs) the acc network is it seems like and i i mean you know i don't know if it's easier to be that way because they haven't struggled the way that the acc has the last couple of years or if they're just always going to be that way regardless I understand his point of view. I'll put it that way. And I can understand him thinking that way like, man, there's plenty of people that are putting out negative press about the ACC or having these conversations like why do we have to do it too? If if nowhere else, like can we just can this be a safe place in the tree in the nest? And can we just, you know, can we have other conversations and pump up these teams cuz that's I mean, it's like uh like going to the Democratic National Convention and the Republican National Convention and doing something other like that's what he's thinking you know what I mean and and having a conversation about the you know whether they're the moral center like instead of just pumping up it's I don't know like it feels like he thinks that the the ACC network should be like a jingoistic cheerleader well type of thing and I, I mean just say like it sounds like what he's saying I don't think that the average fan of anyone in the ACC wants a tobacco Paul Feinbaum. Like, no, I, I don't I don't think anyone wants that. I mean, I don't want it. You know, I don't need it. That's, that's kind of where Paul I'm at. Feinbaum starting to smoke tobacco now. Tobacco, tobacco Paul Road Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, you know I what I mean, mad, I way know way what he meant. Like I, I think that the SEC network, like, they're also insecure. They need that. Right, they constantly want you to pat them on the back. We'll shoot best conference, right? Like just always. They, yeah, well, they, it comes from it's the SEC chant, you know, but it's in a network right. form. Like I and I think we don't the, really do that in our and network. I think the conference. Big Ten network thinks that that's you know that their fans kind of reflexively want that back, you know, as a kind of in response to what the SEC does. But I got to be honest with you, like I've gotten to know ACC fans and and local beat writers and such. Like a lot over the years, yeah. I don't think any of us really think about our teams like that to where like that person appeals to us. Yeah, it doesn't for me. I don't speak for everybody. I'm sure there's there's people in every fan base that want that, but it, there is a certain level of like you know the SEC always like it's it's like I said it's an SEC chant all the time like every every school you know and except for Bama you know and schools that don't need the rest of the SEC to prop themselves up uh, and the big 10 has always enjoyed the smell of their own farts so i'm sure that they that's true too you know like they don't mind in a network that, that props them up constantly um you know legends and leaders and all that uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure they don't mind God, uh, I it's i know bro in yeah, that how context, could you ever forget I know. It, man? <laughs> like i don't need it and i'm okay with like i'd rather have a nice meaty discussion about the realities of uh, of the conference and and you know as long as it's balanced and all that it's fine with me you know and and I I just don't I, think I that honestly that's... I don't go to the ACC network for any kind of uh, 
a validation, I would just like the ACC network to carry as much content as possible. <laughs> <laughs> like actual games, you know, uh, instead of me having to go to regional networks or wherever. Well, I just I don't like. I completely disagree with with Cable if he really sure. thinks that anybody who ever turned on the ACC network watched it for a few minutes and then left with a more negative opinion about <laughs> ACC basketball. Yeah, that is impossible. I, I, yeah, I think his basic premise is wrong. Um, and I, th- I think the other premise, though, is like the idea that, that when we watch the ACC network, what we want is what the, the SEC network has for its clientele. And the truth is, I don't think any of us think about our teams like they do to where there's just sort of this need, this constant need for, for back padding and, and insecure, just sort of uh, always reminding people of who's best or this or that. Like, I don't think ACC fans are like that. No one celebrated more Virginia losing to UMBC than fans of other teams in the ACC. As it should be. And the SEC network would have acted like that didn't happen on the SEC network. You know, and yeah. it certainly wouldn't have been a bunch of people like, I can't believe we all lost to UMBC today, like, like they do when somebody wins. Like, I just, ACC fans aren't like that, but it's why you hear, if you've ever wondered why it seems like the announcers go overboard to tell you that everything's fine. I know it's annoyed a lot of you at times this year. Everything's going to be fine, and it's fine, and Kenny's great. Even when you don't want to hear it, this is why. This is why that happens. Because somewhere, someone's got it in their minds that it's their job to like to just pump you up and sell you on whatever's happening, good or bad. When I just don't think we operate that way. I don't think ACC fans want to hear that. I don't know if we're like, and I, and I, I it's dangerous referring to anybody as a monolith because I'm sure it's, it's probably closer except to, for SEC fans. Except right, except for because I think most of these things are probably closer to fifty fifty than we think. <laughs> but I, I just, I again like my my wants and needs for the ACC network is for them to operate the way that they should operate and give me content all the time. <laughs> give me give me as much inventory as you can with the ACC games. Uh, get rid of these second and third tier contracts so we can actually get all of it in the same place. And they're getting closer and closer. Um, and then have a couple of decent studio shows like with our friend Luke Hancock and other people that know the conference really well. Uh, get something... Uh, I think I miss Packer and Durham a little bit. Like I, I liked, I liked some of what they brought, you know, and and at least enjoyed having a constant conversation about our conference, what, however it was framed, you know, just just having relevant conversations to our schedule and our in our conference. That's what I liked. Um, and they could use maybe another studio, a studio show like that, but it's 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 other than that, man. Like I. I care about the tone of the conference. I don't, but I don't. I don't need constant cheering and everything. But do you expect anything else from coaches? Like that's like Cable would turn on the ACC network, hear that sentiment once or twice, and say something in a press conference. I mean, that's what coaches do, man. They grab onto stuff like that. They think that everybody should be a cheerleader for them. I mean, do they? Th- Yes, they do. They absolutely do. And I see this. You know, you see this with with athletic departments, and you know, they, they don't want references to this or that uh, because they don't want anyone to maybe perceive it a certain way, and just sort of avoiding anything out of a fear of of talking about something that's negative. I just, I don't. Know, maybe it's Louisville fans, and like we're all just really, really uh, burned out. You know, to where like one Detached single bad it, yeah. story. Yeah, we're like, whatever. First yeah. time, like. <laughs> You know, no, no one cares. But I, I just thought that was such an odd thing. Of all the the issues with with ACC basketball, the fact that the network took up a hypothetical question is not one of the problems. How about let's get all the games on the damn network? That's my whole point. That's <laughs> let's start there, Jeff. Mark, Mark, that's that's my driving thing here. Like I couldn't care less about the tone of the commentary <laughs> until you get me like say whatever you want as long as you do a better job of getting me as much inventory as possible. And does he like I've I've watched I'm you and I are junkies for sports. Mm-hmm. 
and I've I've sat down and and Dave Revson, who's like you know one of the main studio guys for the Big Ten Network, will have Mike DeCourcy and Nicole Arbach, who's friend like none of them are changing people's perceptions of the Big Ten. No, so, like they're just they're not. It doesn't matter how many times you have Michael Red on there or something. Like it doesn't matter. At the end of the these, day, the... these network ho- whose studio shows don't change anything. No, at the end of the day, I mean they. The Big Ten has a bunch of, you know, objective computer rankings that pump them up because they win a lot of non-conference games, you know, uh, before the end of the season. Um, that's the best thing the ACC could do to change any perception. It's the same conversation we have with football. Like, it, the best thing you can do to change perception is to win all of these big out-of-conference, you know, non-conference games and, and, and chalk up as many victories as you can against the other Power 5, Power 6 teams. I mean, that's what you need to do. 81-50-93-9. That's uh, the number if you want. We didn't even have an ACC in, network yeah. back when – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. We didn't have any ACC network back when we were actually a dominant conference, at least not in the form that we have now. You know, like it's not like it's – talking isn't going to do nearly as much as – Actual on the court performance, like it, to to do, like to actually sway the, the opinions of, of you know the the selection committee. Yeah, like what's said, does Cable think the selection committee is like, oh well, they're not lobbying for their conference that hard, so let's only give them three teams in the tournament instead of yeah. five because they didn't lobby hard enough on the network. Like, what's his viewpoint here? No, whenever yeah, it's you, odd. It's not it's, like the, it's yeah. not like the selection committee's got the ACC network on in the room, right? It's just a, it's a talking point for like coaches don't like the static Spencer you know like coaches a lot of coaches I don't want to again dangerous to treat everybody as a monolith but most like college basketball coaches think the local media should be cheerleaders more than anything yeah. and oh, yeah, we've seen local it's an ex- right and it's an extension to conference media they're gonna think of it the same way you know what I mean so it's and it's it's logical to a degree because you would think you want to pump your own your own product, but I don't think having like legitimate conversations about the league is necessarily like slamming the product so much. And that's what he's saying. Eighty one fifty ninety three nine. That's uh, the number if you want to get in here. Thirty eight thirty one ninety three nine for the UPS jobs text line. So look, I just wanted to to play that. I just thought it was such an odd thing. Uh, also, Pitt, you've been bums for. <laughs> Years, like maybe wait one year before you start <laughs> right. complaining. Like you guys had Kevin Stallings at one point. Case closed. Jeff Jeff Capel gets like he's he's, he's having one year. It's going to solve all the world's problems now, right? He's like I'm relevant for a year, so I'm I'm gonna get my thoughts off. It's like he I, <laughs> he hasn't. He's had four miserable was, seasons. Did Pitt even before like this. him before this year? No, Spencer. <laughs> no. You know they didn't. They wanted him fired before this year. I was just kind of a joke. If, if Pitt's fans even cared about basketball, yeah, like if they if they cared, they didn't like him, and obviously they didn't care enough because there wasn't that much of an outcry when they kept him for a fifth season. And thankfully for the for him, he's having a good year. But I don't know. Relevance getting to his head, Mark. Yeah, I know. Right, he's got a little bit of attention. He's like, "Well, while I've got you, <laughs> well, I've got you here. Like, you haven't got us, Jeff. I've always <laughs> dreamed of being a producer for the ACC Network too, and I'm going to solve those problems. Like, just blows my mind. Uh, Speaking, uh, also very quickly, Dave. This is not going to be a thing, but this is the second time in a row we've done a show where we're so kicked against uh, something that Uh-oh. that people are are upset about. There were a lot of people. I think I saw Dana Evans and a number yeah. of others respond to this clip from ESPN where they were showing a cut-in at a women's basketball game. And then you hear, and I think it's Randy Scott that says, "Yeah, now back to the regular. He or, said back to the actual the basketball. actual basketball here. And with the way that that little clip was kind of cut, it made it sound like he was saying, isn't this cute? Here's women's basketball. Now back to the actual basketball between Michigan and Michigan State. And I got to tell you, if you heard it that way, that's not what was said. And I hope that, that at some point maybe this larger clip goes around that people right. can, can walk it back a little bit. What was happening was at halftime there was an earlier discussion about the pregame festivities that they had at Michigan in honor of the shooting at Michigan State. And it was very emotional. And, the, you know, they lit the whole place up green, even though it was at Michigan, I think. Yeah. Uh, and all of that. 
and the, and they went classy, away from it, cool. showed some highlights, yeah. and then when they were going back, and they're saying now to the actual basketball, and not the pregame emotional out, uh, you know, outpouring for Michigan State and the students and everybody there. It was an now the actual stack, basketball, yeah. but it it was not even remotely close to hinting that this was or saying that this was some sort of like that's not real basketball. This is actual basketball. It wasn't that at all, and I hope that that. Uh, this short-lived, the fact that people are reacting to that, like, that's what was said. That's well, not what was said. When you hear the clip out of context, like, without any context, absolutely it sounds awful. Right? You know, because you don't... If that's what he was saying, it'd be terrible. It's awful. Right. But it basically amounts to it was just kind of an awkward stack of highlights there where they had the... Because it was jarring to hear it for me, and I was like, "Oh man, that's not gonna good. That's that's not good." <laughs> and then, and then you know, you see people, his, you know, female colleagues coming out and being like, "Look, Randy's not like that." Like, if you if you look at the, the stack of highlights, basically, and it was, they were at Michigan State for the ceremony, then they had a quick cutaway to women's basketball highlights, then they came back to Michigan. And he, you know, he was just coming back from a highlight. I mean, he he may not even known what highlight was playing, you know. I'm sure because he was in his own. You know what I mean? Like it was right. like a, I, it, who knows? Uh, it, but the whole thing was basically there's a lot of his his colleagues coming out like guys. It was, it was an honest mistake. It could have happened to anybody. If you look at the whole clip, that's it not what he was saying. Wasn't even a mistake. Well, you know what I mean. Like it wasn't. It was an awkward awkward language. Uh, if you look at it the way the public saw it. Um, but you're right. It's not a mistake. It's just him saying, like it was an awkward placement when you see the stack of the highlights in between the two Michigan, like the Michigan ceremony, and then back to Michigan basketball. So it was a misunderstanding and a misreading. I'll put it that way. Um, but it's jarring if you see it out of context. I understand why people have a strong reaction immediately, but that was a situation where I. Like it's it's always great that you don't have to tweet about everything. Yes, you know, yeah. like you don't have Marcus to. Aurelius very famously has like you don't have to make this a thing. Right. I was I thought you were going to say Marcus Aurelius famously said you didn't have to tweet about everything. He would have said that. Too. <laughs> impression for whatever, like the, twenty uh, to, for like twenty years, years ago or whatever. Yeah, right, it was yeah. <laughs> really quickly, the last thing that I wanted to say before we uh, we kind of moved uh, on from either of those, and if you want to get in here, you can. Uh, if you. The, the idea that the ACC network wants or that Capel's expectations is to see it, for the ACC to just be like this utterly in the tank thing. I think it's a, it's a big time misreading of fans. Uh, and I always had this, and I only got to talk about it a tiny, tiny bit before he was, he was out, but you know, Tom was always obsessed with having like his own Matt Jones. I know. And, you know, and he wanted you know he wanted John Ramsey to be his own his Matt Jones, and there've always been but we need a one like that. And I gotta be honest, with you, I'm not sure that that we have one or actually want that. You know, like th- that sort of obsession with having one of those of your own. I I don't know that every fan base really wants that, and I'm not sure that Louisville fans necessarily want that. And it just seems to me it's like an odd. It, it reminded me of that. Whereas, like, I, I want to have one of my own. No, how about we just don't have that thing because it's annoying? Yeah, I mean, I think people are much, they're more gravitated towards smart, clever coverage, you know, with our with our blogosphere, you know, and those are the people that rose to the top. And that's what I think the ACC is like. Like, yeah, ACC like fans I, don't like, well, they don't like themselves, <laughs> and they don't like each other even less. Well, and Louisville fans especially are not, like, we have a tenuous relationship with the ACC. And vice versa. <laughs> right, in general, absolutely. Like, it's it's not... We, it's it's one of those things where we were happy, we were thrilled to get out of to get our lifeboat and, and our life raft. And on the surface, it seems like a wonderful marriage. And I'm and I'm look, I'm happy right now to be there. But deep down, like it feels like we're the redheaded stepchild in the conference, and you know we've got to deal with the the Tobacco Road Syndicate, you know, and we've got to deal with the old money ACC members, you know, looking down their nose at us and. Um, and uh, several of them th- kind of holding it over our heads that they could leave, you know. And it's 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 just a, it's been a weird marriage, honestly. And and look, I don't like Matt Jones and his colleagues when they arose, they took advantage of a certain 
you know, tone in the fan base at UK and something that they knew they could tap into. Um, that mentality. And they honestly are responsible for making as responsible as anybody for making the modern rivalry as ugly as it got. <laughs> like they almost tapped into the worst of of UK fans at that point. And I like some of their coverage was clever. I have friends that 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 worked for them and they're not all like Matt Jones, you know, and they didn't all do the same angle. Um but like the clever part of it was nice. The like obsessed with Louisville part of it wasn't. And I don't think that like we 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 have our own versions that are just different. They're not the same. We we don't ever we never wanted you know um Matt Jones and his coverage. We just didn't want KSR here. That's not what we needed for Louisville. We're a different fan base with a different mentality and a different type of chip on our shoulder. Um, but we had plenty of people in, in our blogosphere that filled that that gap and did a really good job with coverage and had their had our own thing here. I, I don't think anybody in Louisville really wanted that. And that was a pretty that's a misreading of what we do in Louisville and what we need, what this fan base wants. And I don't know that the ACC really has much of a need for that. Uh, although, I mean, maybe Clemson and uh, perhaps FSU, I guess. But I just I don't know that there is an ACC like a homer for the ACC is just not going to look like that. You know what what works in the SEC, or even when Joel Clyde tries to do this in sort of a ham fisted way for the Big Ten. Like I just don't think it, it would necessarily look that way for either one of them. If anything, the ACC homer would be the pure like the most sarcastic of all. I feel like the, guy, the guy would get called out for being a homer. Like, Feinbaum and Clatt, like have their own stick, but it's like the ACC guy. It was like, yes. you'd be called out because we know you're lying to us. I don't know. It's just not a one-size-fits-all thing. Like, every fan base is different. Well, I don't different think things are going to work for their there coverage. There isn't an ACC fan like right, there it's is a little an different, SEC yeah. fan. And there really isn't even a Big Ten fan like there is SEC fan. But – I think they are just naturally defensive. But the first, the larger fan bases have a certain tone to them, like Ohio State, and Michigan. They're two sides of the same coin, you know, and they they kind of drive the conversation in that in that conference. Do you think that ACC folks root against other ACC schools? I know they do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Big Ten and SEC schools I do mean, that. I know, do. I know that none of us want anybody else to be happy either. Right. I know that's true, and that's what makes us different. That's what makes us great. Look, I could not have cared less if North Carolina won the title. Like, I did not want them to win last year with Hubert Davis. Mm-hmm. I wanted uh, Kansas to win all when they played. The only thing I thought about was tournament units are good. That's good. And the ACC had a great tournament, so they'll make a bunch of money off of that. But I wasn't, like, happy for North Carolina, especially that group. I mean, is there any, like, a feeling? The old money teams in the ACC, I don't like them. And the the new and they don't teams, like us. right? They don't. Why why would I cheer for them? And the old, like the Big East teams that came to the ACC with us or before us, we had a history with them too, and it wasn't great. Like we have a nice long rivalry with Syracuse. Like uh, I just whatever, man. I don't. I have no. I, I don't get any joy or pride out of watching ACC teams. Like win the national title. Like I just, I just don't. Right. Like it's nice, it's nice to consider yourself like the best conference in the country in whatever sport. But I don't really get anything out of it as long as Louisville can succeed. I don't really care what the perception is. Like Clemson football. Like I did not like, especially knowing when we know Dabo. Like them. screw Dabo and those guys. Like I did not like seeing them win those titles. The only um, motivation I ever have. Forever wanting to see ACC teams succeed in the non-conference is to benefit Louisville. Yes, that's right. That's it. Like, I want ACC football teams to win their non-conference games in the regular season because it helps Louisville. Helps perception, it helps computer rankings, whatever you want to look at it. Same with basketball. It helps Louisville, potentially. That's all I really care about. And I do like seeing, like, the SEC lose to the lowly ACC. In football, it makes me happy, but it's not like a conference pride thing. It's more like, ha ha ha! Your conference pride it's is Sean trash. Floyd with the SEC, right? And it although, also helps Louisville. In although I will say this, and I'm not even—I won't even begin to try and come up with why one feels and seems different than the other. Yeah. 
I totally was in this league for the Big East in a way that I cannot describe. There, that, that, that does not apply to the ACC. Mm. Like I, I did root for Big East teams, and I did feel like these teams kind of liked one another. But I think there was that feeling of like we're all picked on here and dismissed. Yeah, either on the football side or on the basketball side. That I, I did root for the Big East. I don't for the. I don't care. I'm with you there because I did too. When because I, I was also a lot younger too, so I. It's an age thing, maybe for me, but I like the Big East schools. I always wanted them to succeed. Well, we were romantic about Big East basketball. We always were. Like the Big East tournament, Madison like Square Garden. Like the UConn team. Like, I enjoyed that. Nah, Kim I won't go that far. <laughs> 2014, the American, when they beat Kentucky, though, we were all happy with that because it took down Kentucky. That was funny. Um, but no, I, I. The 2011, now. Nah. I, I didn't cheer for them to win the national title, but I was romantic about. Like the Big East tournament and Big East basketball in general, I'd be like, yeah, we've got ten teams in the tournament, you know, and three one seeds back in '09. Right, like there was a lot of great moments, and I think it was the best basketball conference ever assembled for a couple of years there. Um, I did get romantic about that, but I still kind of side eye, not kind of, I do conference like well, the Big solidarity East in general. Yeah, exactly. And we have the same priorities. We have the same, you know. And the ACC, Field. I think it's pretty obvious. I don't think the ACC delights in Louisville nearly as much as the Big East did. Uh, and I think fans pick up on, on that. Well, to be fair, I don't want to be fair, really. But to be fair, all of the scandals became <laughs> public like right after we joined the ACC. <laughs> so it hasn't been like a nice marriage. The Big East was covering had, up the entire time. No, they've had a lot of ammo since we joined. <laughs> it just sucks. Louisville and Syracuse both got screwed when they joined the ACC. <laughs> That's when all the vacating and everything started. Man. Let's go ahead and take uh, a quick break here. We will come back. Uh, we'll continue uh, to talk about uh, Louisville beating Clemson and this one tonight uh, against Duke. Another one you turn right around. Uh, another important opportunity uh, for Louisville. And I want to talk about one other thing on the network. Uh, the ACC Network uh, from over the weekend here. We'll talk about that. We'll take your calls your text here throughout on the drive and on the bell. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. Phone lines uh, are open here, 8150-939-3831. 93.94, the UPS jobs text line. If you want uh, to hit us up that way, uh, you certainly can uh, as well. We were talking very quickly about Jeff Capel's comments about uh, the ACC network uh, and the idea that it's kind of the, the network's job to just almost never question anything or talk you know badly about anything, I guess, is sort of how he at least kind of came across and uh, in, in pushing back uh, against that. But I did want to say... If you watched, I think, what is it, the huddle uh, that, that they show as kind of like the show after the last game ends for the day and they kind of put the cap on the day in, in the men's basketball side. Uh, I don't know if it's the show is the same name or a different show on the women's uh, side, yeah. uh, but I know that they do it. But I did think it was worth uh, pointing out that for as much as we've talked about, it's kind of annoying uh, necessarily when, co- when 
the broadcasters kind of go overboard on how great things are when they're clearly not going great, especially like in that game, that Jordan Cornette had a lot of really good things to say about Louisville and the way they're playing right now on Saturday after he was the color guy for the for the Virginia game and then <coughs> excuse me was in studio for the for this post game discussion of Louisville beating Clemson and they had the discussion of basically like this is what the ACC bracket looks like right now who's who seems like a team that you would say is likely to go to Greensboro and muck this up for everybody <laughs> and, and Jordan Cornette was like why not Louisville if the last three games are Miami, where you go toe-to-toe, Virginia, where you go toe-to-toe, and now you beat Clemson, they're not going to play teams that are better than that uh, in Greensboro. Why not say if this keeps up, you probably don't want any part of this team come Greensboro time? It felt weird to hear that from him, but it also isn't wrong, Dave. It was kind of nice to hear that, and it be fact-based, and kind of be results and recent play based and not just sort of a general like hey, just trust me, pat on the head kind of thing. Yeah. Like it it was good to hear that. No, there's some legitimate reasons to be concerned, especially with just how bad Louisville's profile is. Like it makes it even more dangerous for the teams. It's not like losing to like a sixteen and thirteen team in the in the ACC tournament. It's losing to a four and twenty three team or a five and twenty five or whatever it's gonna be when we when we end up, you know, in Greensboro, it's that's terrifying for a coach on the bubble. You know, like it's Brad Brownell is is sweating now. He had a he had a tournament team last week, and now like one loss to Louisville and it just changes everything. It's like when you get a zero on an assignment right. in school, like you forgot to turn it in. <laughs> like it's one thing to get a fifty eight and fail; it's a whole other thing to get a zero and have to try to absorb that. But like losing to Louisville right now is that Brownell was cruising with like a B, you know, he had like an eighty five, and he just like had a zero, and now all of a sudden he's got a seventy three, seventy two, and he's he's struggling to get back up to to a B, <laughs> and that's how it's going to be for the next couple of couple of weeks. Like we're just we're just a total anchor. On your on your uh, your tournament resume, texture says we lulled everyone to sleep. We've got them right where we want That's them. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, I just for just a moment, I truly was having like a like a. Am I all right? Like, is Jordan Cornette really <laughs> sitting? But but it was based on what he had seen, you know, yeah, in yeah, person. He wasn't just pulling that out of his butt. Uh, and I was thrilled uh, to see that. Something I did uh, want to uh, mention. Not at all related to basketball. I I resist. You know me. I try not to be petty, or at least I do enough to say I try not to be petty. Uh, Mark, I really like when you preface discussions with that. Right. You I try do, not to be petty. <laughs> is very much my. Um, I'm not racist, but right here comes something very petty. Yeah, here comes something very almost petty. always going to follow. I try That's not right. to be petty, but. Whatever, if it makes me pet. I don't care. Either way, I'm howling at uh, Satterfield being down now assistant coach number three. I saw that. Since taking the Cincinnati job. And this one uh, of note for, for a couple of reasons. One, it's another coach leaving. Despite Satterfield only being on the job about six weeks. Yeah, or so. But this one, it's Tom Manning is going back to the NFL, not related to Peyton or any of them that I'm aware of, uh, going back uh, to the Colts, going to join the Colts staff uh, and uh, head back to the NFL. Of note, because Tom had been hired to be the passing game coordinator in particular. He's, mm. His title was offensive coordinator, but he'd been brought in in particular. And Satterfield had given this quote. I'm thrilled to welcome Tom to his and his family to Cincinnati. Tom's a tremendous coach. I've known for more than a decade when he was a grad assistant for us during my time at Toledo. He's had success in the Big 12, developed several NFL draft picks, and coached every offensive position during his career. He's been an NFL tight ends coach, which is the same position he will coach here. And he knows the state of Ohio as well as anybody, which will be a huge advantage for us on the recruiting trail. And he is now gone it sure and, won't scott <laughs> and it's the it's the now the third because you had nicholson and you had another assistant leave uh already now 
to go uh, to other places now. It screams. He didn't talk to assistant coaches about this before taking the job. That you have guys who are like, yeah, I'm going to come with you, and then they go somewhere else. I think that it, it has always felt like he scrambled to find a landing spot after Louisville. Yeah. Like, no, we're not going to give you a raise. And the, I think these these coach this coaching instability kind of shows that, but also in a way that doesn't reflect on him. It's been an odd off season for the hiring of coordinators in particular. Like they've all Petrino'd it. Like there have been so many of them that took one job and then left and took another job in the same off season. More than I ever recall seeing in, in any other year. It's happening a lot. Yeah, and obviously the Petrino ones are our favorite. It's the best one. It's the best one. Uh and also um just another side note since we're on football coordinators right now. Um Jim Bob Cooter's back. Yeah. That's a real person. <laughs> He's my favorite real person. He used to work for Tennessee. He was the OC for the Lions for a while. I feel like he's been around forever, and he's the name sounds like he's sixty years old, but he's only thirty eight. <laughs> he's no my way. age. He's thirty eight. Jim Bob Cooter is my age. How I don't know. This is like a Dukes of Hazard character. I, it's so ridiculous, but he's back. He in is the, a Dukes of Hazard character. <laughs> he's the OC for the Colts now. <laughs> After I think he interviewed with the Saints last week, and and finally the Colts hired him. But he is. It's an all time name. It's my favorite coach name in football period i think and every time that he's in the news it makes me happy he's got to be the only one under 40 who goes with the name jim bob jim bob james robert james jim robert bob cooter, cooter. <laughs> like, with the last name cooter like I was gonna, you were never I mean, going to be called james robert cooter it was always well, going to be jim bob well and cooter's one of those last names where you really have to think about what <laughs> what are we doing yeah. To lessen the impact of this. Right. Because there's no last, like, there's no name that's going to make that last name go away. Yeah. So, what's the best path for naming your kid when you're already going to saddle them with the last name Cooter? It's like uh, Grady Dick, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, that's also where I was going with that, too. It was like, it's like, what name? You can't give a few names away there. There's a lot. You know, there's a lot of ways you could go with that. <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter is the only person with three names that does not sound like he murdered somebody. Right. No, he just. You know? Yeah. Because you get the three names as an assassin. Assassins, yeah. yeah. And he does not sound like <laughs> No one believes Jim Bob Cooter is an assassin. What is the assassin the offense that he's coaching? Yeah. No, he assassinates a case of Bud Light every night. <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter. What a name. He sounds like he's killed roughly 700 deer. Do you think that at, at, at some point in his career, just being named Jim Bob Cooter has cost him a job? Probably. That's why it made so much sense when he was with Tennessee. Fair or not? <laughs> fair or not? It's probably not fair. When it's right. just your, fair or not, nothing. It's not fair. <laughs> when it's just your name. But it is an, it's it's a relatively unserious name. Like, you're not going to see, like, President Jim Bob Cooter, you know, <laughs> being out there. <laughs> just odd to me. Uh, like, can you be an attorney, like, a Jim Bob Cooter, attorney at law? Like, it, are you going to feel good about getting an appendectomy from Dr. Jim Bob Cooter? That's know. what I'm I saying. Like if, if, with that name, <laughs> like there are things that he probably could not do. Like, like as far as prestigious jobs, like offensive coordinator was probably the ceiling, right? They're like football I, coach. For me, like a head coaching job. Yeah, like, so it's like head, head football coach, coach is Jim probably Bob like, Cooter. Yeah, the head football coach is probably his, his GM, ceiling. Jim yeah, Bob like Cooter. That, he would be the one coach that I would listen to if he was like, if you don't think I can recruit. Look at my wife. I hate that joke. I do. Right. But he's like, I convinced her to marry me, and my name is Jim Bob Cooter. She took the last name Cooter. Right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. See what I mean? Like, that's the one coach I would listen to. <laughs> Perhaps I'd use his wife as proof that he could recruit, because his name is freaking Jim Bob Cooter. Just, a, just an all-time name. Like he, he could be like the chairman of NASCAR, probably. He could probably that, – that's probably the – that does sound like the right crowd. <laughs> you know, I'm just Chairman to Cooter. Like, is it Chairman? President Cooter. It's a president work. None I told of it you, like, sounds... that, that, you can't do that. Like Senator Jim Bob Cooter. 
Yes, yeah, see that. I, Don't speak that into existence. I know, God. We already have Senator Tommy Tuberville. So. <laughs> Football coach to Senator Pipeline is strong right now. By the way, the texter did bring this article in, uh, and uh, or texted this article in, and it's true. Twenty four seven, Brandon Marcello, who I think you know we've had on Brandon on uh, yeah. a couple of times. Uh, linked to an article where they went through kind of the the winners and losers overall in the coaching carousel for college football, either head coaching changes or you know meaningful coordinator changes. So you could think about a place like like Georgia or Alabama, where obviously the head coach is the same, but you've had some pretty meaningful coordinator changes uh, there. Uh, and listed as a loser in there was Cincinnati. Hell yeah, man! And I, I mean, I, I don't know how you could even try to argue that it's that that's not true to have gone i think from from fickle to satterfield like this and to have the coaching staff kind of already turning over i mean i think nicholson was a big part of what they did in terms of recruiting and that sort of thing and you wanted some of those defensive guys i think that went with them transfer portal wise and nicholson was a big part of that and now he's out of there you lose your offense coordinator heading your your guy that knows ohio so well as he was sort of calling him out there I, it sounds like uh, sour grapes, but man, I just I don't see how you look at this and think it's going to go well for them. It's not sour grapes to say legitimately. Like Louisville is listed as a winner, Cincinnati is listed as a loser. <laughs> they went from Fickle to Satterfield. We went from Satterfield to Brom, and not just that. Like you said, you have to factor in the assistant turnover. Like it's, I will maintain like. Cincinnati fans are going to turn on that quickly, man. It's not going to be a good marriage. He's going to have to produce like it's it's. He's at that inflection point. Uh, he's at a weird place with Cincinnati, you know, and their fan base where they have massive expectations, but those expectations are also built on an American schedule, you know. And before that, the Big East schedule and you know, whatever. But they've had four really good coaches out of their last five hires, and the best one just got hired away to Wisconsin like they have these sky high expectations they're going into a tougher conference with a new coach like I just it's a bad place it's a bad spot for Satterfield in my opinion and they're not going to have patience with him they're going to expect him to take the mantle and be successful right away and it's I don't think it's going to happen but at least they have a great nightlife yeah (laughs) I was looking for a place to just insert nightlife into this conversation like, <laughs> Every time we mention him from now until he's forever, always he's always going to be like, at least I got the great nightlife there. Like, it's, did he? I mean, he had to know what he was doing when he said that. Just an absurd statement. Just absurd. Like, just say, I mean, he's not going to come out and say, like, I just didn't want to be at Louisville anymore. It, just, like, say just say that. Like, <laughs> it's like, I wanted an extension. They didn't give me it. Like, we all know that's the reason you left, Scott. Don't they lie. never give us that. Oh, I know. No, I so would too Gosh, it would be. It would be life-giving to hear one coach you know who's basically like Jim Bob Cooter be honest with us yes that's right that's a that's the man that's the man that'll tell us how it is Bob Cooter a straight shooter I don't like whatever (laughs) right (laughs) rhymed yeah I know like that'll be on his uh his campaign (laughs) straight shooter yes I think Stephen A. May trademarked that for his book that he just put out (laughs) I love Jim Bob Cooter and never met him by the way the texture says that uh Cooter from Dukes of Hazard was in Congress. That already happened. There you go. Ridiculous. It only helps a little bit. Cooter Davenport. Ben Jones is the guy's name. Yep. Cooter, the uh, mechanic, uh, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Cooter Davenport. By the way, it says his CV handle is Crazy Cooter. <laughs> What a kind time of to be alive back then. Oh, I know. <laughs> Seriously. Kind of assumed in the old uh, in, in Cooter there that he would be crazy. Yes? So, uh, yes, absolutely. So are you ready for the Derek Carr era in New York? Is that where we're, we're going here? Uh, no, I mean, they had a good visit. They had a productive visit. And it's a possibility. The free agency as grown-up recruiting is weird. It is weird. It takes him getting used to, but that's where we are right now. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of positive sentiment amongst the talking heads and mouthpieces in the New York media right now, which makes me think that there are there's a combination of like leaked good stories and like maybe some 
you know, propaganda about how much the the Jets love. Well, look, Derek there's Carr. there is a perception that the Jets are kind of ready made to just drop a quarterback in there. Yeah. And my guess, my question is: Is Derek Carr good enough that you would feel like you accomplish things by dropping him in there? So, I am like traditionally been pretty lukewarm on Derek Carr. Um, while also acknowledging that he has a better skill set and probably would be the best quarterback, would not probably, would be the best quarterback we had since Chad Pennington, minimum. I think that I said it multiple times last year that with replacement-level quarterback play, I thought the Jets were a playoff team and probably an 11-win team, about somewhere around there. And I I think Derek Carr is replacement better plus, you know, replacement level plus. So I'm not like jumping off the walls with it, but the guy's got a good skill set. And I think that if you put him on this roster, he'd be just fine. Do you think like Stafford's kind of a good comparison? Like a few years ago with Stafford's, like you didn't. Stafford got a bigger arm. Yeah. You don't think he's going to be like a like Super Bowl winning quarterback, but it's like in the right situation. And like the Rams were a right situation for Stafford, and both parties succeeded with that. With my my opinion on Stafford, like I've always I always valued him pretty high. Like I thought that he was a really talented guy in a tough place to win. Oh yeah, Detroit never did. Yeah, justice. like I don't think Derek Carr is that type of. Like I think I always thought Matt Stafford was top ten quarterback in the league, just in a bad in a tough place to play, a tough place to win. Um, Derek Carr, I think he's a top half of the league quarterback, but. Board, you know what I mean, like somewhere between ten like and Kirk fifteen. Cousins kind of range, Tannehill. Yeah, like eleven to fifteen, somewhere in there, which is good enough to win in New York with the roster they have right now. A couple more good draft picks, a healthy offensive line, and Katie they should Buzz be in the York. playoffs with that. Yeah, should be, and we'll see how that works. And maybe uh, fresh scenery because it looks like basically everyone was kind of wondering why the Raiders moved on from Derek Carr when they did, and apparently there was some. Scuffle about uh, Derek Carr bucking on play calling late, late, and calling some audibles and deviating from the plan. And McDaniel's took it personally. Who would have thought McDaniel's would not work out? Yeah, McDaniel's. Well, yeah, so weird, right? Yeah, weird. He's so easygoing and from the uh, the easygoing coaching tree. <laughs> the easygoing the coaching successful tree. Successful coaching tree that yes. is Belichick. <laughs> That's right. No one has a more successful tenure with nothing to show for it in terms of like paying it forward. Uh, than than the Belichick. It's Calipari, yeah, guys. For sure. I mean, it's but Belichick's won way more than Cal. Has. For sure, I just meant like his tree, like I. Um, but yeah, really weird. So the most successful is Vrabel, who just played under him. He didn't even coach yeah. under Belichick. That's right. That's exactly right. But, Vrabel I mean, is far more successful than any of the assistants that actually worked for him and and are seen as like crucial parts of the. His tenure there, Mangini doesn't matter. McDaniel's, Charlie Wise. See, I think Mangini could have been, could have been okay, but you know, whatever. He wasn't. Romeo Cornell. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Wise, Romeo Cornell, all the weirdly shaped gentlemen. Don't forget Patricia's Detroit tenure. I, uh, how could I forget? <laughs> whether I like it or not, it yeah, did I, happen. I, I'm, sign me up for Derek Carter. That's that's my bottom line. That I think that there's a chance that there's another level to him. Um. But at the very least, his his quarterback play, I think, would be good enough for the Jets to win games and get in the playoffs. All right. There might be another level to him. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. Uh, we'll turn our attention back to Louisville basketball for one more segment here before we turn you over to pregame coverage of Louisville and Duke tonight, which will be here on 9th Thunderville. On the other side here, on the drive on 9th Thunderville.